moment this morning, I'd like for us to, uh, uh, to, to, to look to, uh, to a pretty good lady in the Bible, okay? You know, each Mother's Day, I, I tend to preach a Mother's Day sermon just because it's appropriate. It's a day that, that we all think about our moms. And, and today, I want to talk to you about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, you know, I said this a couple weeks ago, that in, that in some religions, we, uh, they, they exalt Mary big time. I mean, everything is about Mary, and, and I think maybe that's a little bit extreme. But then in our, in, in our Protestant religion, in, in evangelical circles, I don't think we put enough focus on Mary. I think sometimes we think, well, she was a, a good lady, she, she birthed Jesus, but, but we, don't, we don't honor her maybe like we should. And I think, honestly, the truth is it's probably somewhere in the middle. And so today I want us to talk about Mary. I want us to look at a woman that God thought so very highly of that he chose her. He could have, think of, of, of all the Jewish race that he could have picked during that time. He chose this young lady of, 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 of from 12 to 14 years old to be the mother of his son. Let that sink in. She must have had some pretty special qualities, huh? She must have had some things that maybe we could learn a lesson or two from. So today I want us to take a a closer look at Mary, the mother of Jesus, and learn a few lessons from her that can apply to both men and women. You know, as I said last week, so many times we, uh, some religions put way too much focus on Mary, some don't put near enough, but let's look at what God had to say about Mary. Turn with me to Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter number one, we have the introduction of, of, uh, of Jesus' coming and and here's where, here's what the Bible says about Mary. Luke chapter number 1, verse number 26 to 28. It says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou who art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women. Think about it. This angel was sent from God to tell this young girl that she had found favor with God, that she was blessed among all women. That's a pretty high statement right there, huh? How? What did she do? What made her so special that she was found favor with God, that she uh, was chosen to be the, the mother of Jesus? You know, I think every mom here today would love for God to address them as such. Just Eloise, wouldn't it be awesome for the Lord to say, blessed are you among women. You have found favor with God. Well, guess what? You can. In fact, you already have. If you're serving God today, moms, you found favor with God. Amen? You are blessed and highly favored among women. But today I want us to take a little closer look at at maybe some of the things that really set Mary apart. And, uh, and it's going to be good stuff. You know, the Bible says we, 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 we can all be blessed and highly favored if we'll only obey. Because his blessings follow obedience. I think I've heard, I've heard myself say that once or twice. Okay? I've also heard this week that, that uh, obedience is God's love language. How many have heard of the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman? It's a relationship book. It's a great book. I've taught it to young married couples. And, and, and in that book... 
Dr. Chapman talks about five different love languages, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, quality time, and gifts. And, and that is the way that we communicate love to each other, okay? And we have a primary love language, one that really means a lot to us. Like for me, it's words of affirmation, okay? So when my wife says, Mo, that was awesome, or good job fixing whatever. Now, she doesn't say that very often because I'm not very good at fixing stuff, John, okay? But whenever she says, boy, Mo, that was a great sermon. Oh, I love that. I really love that. Okay, just really, she's basically the cheerleader and I'm still the football player. I just want somebody to cheer me on, and that's what my wife does. And, and that is my love language. Well, with God, he has a love language as well, and it's obedience. When you're obedient to what he tells you to do, when you're obedient to what you read in the Word of God, when you're obedient to what he speaks to you in prayer, that gets his attention. That makes him want to bless you. And I believe one of the things that set Mary apart from every other woman during that time of the during that time of our, our world was her obedience. So let's look a little closer at the, the life of Mary and let's learn a few lessons from Mary, the mother of Jesus. Can we pray together? Lord, I love you and I praise you. I ask you today, Lord God, that you would touch us in this place. That God, you would anoint me to communicate this message in a way that would bless people. Lord, I'm just asking your blessing over each and every mom today, each and every person here today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So, three simple lessons from Mary. Now, I was going to make it a few more lessons, and then I was reminded that Pastor Ronnie, our youth pastor, is pinch hitting today with our kids' church. Okay? And he says he has it handled, okay? But I don't know about you, but if I was pinch hitting with those kids, I'd want the preacher to go pretty quick, too. Okay? He, he said it'd be like five minutes. I said, Pastor Ronnie, it'd be like five minutes underwater. Okay? <laughs> you know, five minutes is easier, uh, baby, unless you're underwater. Okay? So we're going to get to this, and, and there's three lessons that I want us to look at. Number one, the first lesson that I, I see from, from Mary, the mother of Jesus, is trust God even when you don't understand. Trust God even when you don't understand. We're already in the first chapter of Luke, so let's continue reading with verse number 29. Now think what's going on here. An angel has just showed up and is having a conversation with him. Now that in itself will kind of freak you out. That in itself, that is not something that happens every day, okay? You, have, you talk to Miss Kayla every day, and she may be your angel, but she's not an angel. She's not Gabriel, okay? Came into the room, all the lights, all the glory, and we're having a conversation. That in itself could really unnerve a young lady, okay? So, look what happens. Gabriel comes into the scene. He says, Mary, you found favor with God. And verse number 29 says, and when she saw him, she was troubled. <laughs> she was upset. She was worked up. She was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this could be. Can you imagine the questions Mary must have had? Now, look, you ladies are into details, okay? A guy had been like, hey, cool, son of God, I like this, okay? But no, not a woman. A woman has questions, okay? Can you only imagine some of the questions, Sister Garland, that this young lady could have had? Oh, my goodness, I'm going to have a child. I'm going to do it. Can you think about all the things running through her mind? Well, with all those questions coming up, she actually had the nerve to ask a few. So let's look what she said in verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. 
you know, at least they're making her job a little bit easier, because how many had a hard time naming your child? Okay? You know, I don't know about you, but we always have multiple names, right? Okay? If it's a boy, here's the name. If it's a girl, here's the name. Sometimes we have input from family members, and sometimes finding a name is hard. So God made it easy on her. Said, name him Jesus. Verse number 32. And he shall be great, talking about this son. And he shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Wow, that's good stuff, huh? I think every mom in here wants their son to succeed. Every mom in here wants their child to do better than they did, huh? So can you imagine how excited Mary was getting? Verse 34, Then said Mary unto the angel, How can this be, seeing I've never known a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. So God begins to explain to her how this is going to happen. God begins to explain to a young 12 to 14-year-old girl how this is all going to happen. And then for proof that this is not too difficult for him, she said, or the angel said, Do you know your cousin Elizabeth? Do you know your older Aunt Elizabeth? Guess what? She's having a child. In fact, she's already six months into the term. Okay? Verse number 37 is probably the key to this point. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Remember, what is the point here? The point is, trust God even when you don't understand. Mary could not have understood everything that was being told her that day. But right here, God reminds her, with me, nothing shall be impossible. Verse 38 says, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Man, that's a whole lot for a young girl of possibly 13 years old to put to take in. Put yourself for a minute in, in Mary's shoes. An angel is having a conversation with you. You've been chosen to carry the Son of God in your womb. Imagine all the questions. As I mentioned, ladies are so much into details. Can you imagine all the things that were going through her mind? But the key to this, the key to trusting God when you don't understand, is verse number 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Everybody say nothing. Nothing shall be impossible. That doctor's uh, diagnosis sounds impossible, doesn't it? But nothing is impossible with God. That situation with your family that is just such a mess seems impossible to fix, Sister Valley. But nothing is impossible with God. That loved one you've been praying for and you've been believing for, it seems like they're getting worse. But nothing is impossible with God. Guys, I just want to remind you today, there's going to be situations in our life, moms, dads, and everybody in between, that you're not, not going to understand. There's going to be some things that you're going to go through in your life you're not going to understand. You're not going to like. You're going to want to change it. You're not going to know what's going on. But in the midst of that situation... I implore you today, trust God. I implore you today, trust God. I implore you today, no matter what the, the, the situation may be, no matter how few details you, you are privy to, trust God. 
Amen? It's a lesson that Mary taught us. A 12, 13-year-old girl taught us 2,000 years ago, trust God even when it doesn't make sense. Trust God even when it's not working out. Trust God even when your heart is broken. Trust God even when you don't understand. Because the key to all this is verse number 37. With God, nothing is impossible. Friend, is there anything in your life right now that you don't completely understand? Anybody? Of course. Okay? Of course there are things you're going through today. There's things you've been through in your life that you don't understand. Of course you don't understand. But the answer is, trust God. Trust God for your family. Trust God for your career. Trust God with your children. Trust God with your health. You know, I... um, I just want to share with you a little text that me and my son had. As, as you know, they're playing baseball right now. Zero, zero. Gotcha. Thank you. Seventh inning? Wow. Okay. A little prayer request right there. Come on, Panthers. Get a run. Okay? So I was really torn on what I should do. Okay? Because, again, I've, I've literally probably made every one of my kids' games for years. Okay? And, um, and so when they rescheduled the game from Thursday to Sunday morning at 1030, you know, I have a very flexible schedule. I can really move just about anything except for one time. And let me guess when that is, Sunday at 1030. So, Nick, I'm struggling with what I should do. And, and initially I said, man, I, I, I can't, Mother's Day. Man, look around. This is a great service. You know? I mean, we always have visitors. It's a great day. And, and so I said, okay, I'm going to stay. Sean's going to go. But then I started feeling, man, it's like it could be a blast game and all these things. So I text Hunter. Oh, well, first of all, I ask him. I'm like, Hunter, are you sure you're okay if I don't go? And he said, yeah. And, and sometimes our kids just tell us what we want to hear, right? Okay? So I text him again. I'm like, son, are you sure it's okay that I don't go? And, and he said, yeah, Dad, it's all good. And he said, why don't you just pray about it? I said, I am. That's why I'm asking you. Okay? And uh, I even talked to some pastors. By the way, you're going to love this one. One of the fathers of our house, Paul Bradford, was willing to come, put on a suit, and preach a Mother's Day sermon and be as sweet and kind as you've ever seen him. Matt, I almost said, yeah, just to see if he could pull it off, okay? But, uh, Paul, if you're watching by a live, that would have been something to see, okay? You don't know Paul Bradford? Trust me. <sighs> that would be interesting, okay? But here's what Hunter told me. He said, Dad... Just trust God we'll play on Tuesday. Kind of cool, huh? Now, of course, we want them to play on Tuesday because that would mean they were going to win in the next few minutes, which would be okay with me. But the key is, he said, trust God. And guys, I just want to share that with you because that's not a coincidence. Now, that's a small thing to trust God with. But guys, some of you have some big things to trust God. Some of you have some big situations that you're trying to figure out. And I just want to tell you today, here's your message from God on Mother's Day 2019. Trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him that He loves you. Trust Him that He has a plan for you. Trust Him that He's able to work everything out even when you don't understand. Mary didn't understand half of what she was being told. She was talking to an angel. She was hearing that she's going to be the mother of Jesus. And she decided to simply Trust God. Now, how many know you can't talk about trusting God without talking about Proverbs chapter number 3? Proverbs chapter number 3 in the Word of God gives us a great scripture about trusting. It says in Proverbs chapter number 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. 
Now, here's the interesting thing about that scripture. There's three things we're supposed to do, and then there's a promise that comes because of that. You see, we serve a God of conditions. We serve a God of covenant. He says, if you do this, I'll do that. Okay? Now, the great news is God always keeps his word. God always keeps up his part of the bargain. So if we can do our part, he guarantees to finish it. So look what he tells us to do. Trust him with all of our heart. That means all of our heart. That means everything within us. There, there's no hint of, uh, of, 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 of doubt. Trust God with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You know, sometimes we think we understand everything about a situation. We don't. Sometimes we think we have all the details. We don't. But we serve a God who does. Amen? And when you trust Him, He won't let you down. I read this this week on Facebook. It says, don't lean on your own understanding because the Bible says your heart is deceitful. Our emotions fluctuate. Anybody know that to be true? Emotions go up and down, huh? Our understanding doesn't see the overall big picture. God never lies. God never changes. God knows everything. So trust Him alone. You see, guys, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Every area of your life. How many know we find it easier to trust God in some areas of our lives than others? Some of us, we can trust God with our physical healing, and, and, but we can't trust God with our finances. Sometimes we can trust God with our kids, but we can't trust God at work. God says trust Him in every area because He's able to work all things out for the good. Amen? So, guys, I want to challenge you today. If we can learn one lesson from Mary this morning, it's trust God even when you don't understand. Second point today. Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Amen? Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Turn with me to John chapter number 2. John chapter number 2, we have a story here of Jesus' first miracle. Okay? It's his first miracle. And here's what we're going to read about it. John chapter number 2, starting with verse number 1. The third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with that? My hour is not yet come. So we have a problem here. They're at a marriage. They're at a celebration. And the guests have run out of wine. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, says, Jesus, they're out of wine. Jesus says, That ain't my problem. Okay? Not my sister. Not mom, I know you want me to. It's not my problem. Okay? And like all true mothers, she didn't listen to what her son said. Because look what she says. Verse number five. His mother said unto the servants, whatever he says, you do. Whatever he tells you to do, you do. How many children ever thought your mom didn't listen to what you had to say? Okay? Mary, right here, watch how you lift your hands, son. Okay? Mary, right here, had already made up her mind. Okay? She said, we have a problem, and I've got a son who can fix it. Okay? I think right here was the first example of a parent voluntelling their child. Okay? How many kids have ever been voluntold? Okay? Voluntold. You were volunteered, but you were really told that you were volunteering. I can feel your pain right now, okay? 
Well, Jesus right here was voluntold, okay? Because even though his mom, uh, even though his mom wanted him to do something, and he said, "My time has not yet come," she then looks to the servants and say, "Do whatever he tells you to do." So look what he does. Verse number six. And there was set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water. They filled them to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made into wine and knew not where it came from, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. He said unto him, Every man of the beginning does set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then which is worse? But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. This right here is Jesus' first miracle. Albeit a reluctant one, it was his first miracle. But the key words to this miracle was the phrase that I shared with you, a lesson from Mary. Do whatever he tells you to do. You see, that worked 2,000 years ago at his first miracle, and that it still works today. Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Young person, you want to stay out of trouble? Do whatever Jesus tells you to do, okay? You want to be blessed? Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. It worked back then. It works today. Do what Jesus tells you to do. Student, young adult, middle-aged person, senior saint, do what he tells you to do. If he says go, you go. If he says stay, you stay. He says to do something, you do it. He says to not do something, you don't do it. If he tells you to be a nurse like Miss Danielle, go be a nurse. If he tells you to be a pastor like me, go be a pastor. He tells you to be a missionary. He tells you to do this. He tells you to do that. Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. And I promise you, you won't ever regret it. David, you wonder what to do sometimes? Do whatever God tells you to do. Amen? So how can I know what God wants me to do? There's this amazing little book called the Bible. Okay? You know, we all want God to talk to us. Well, guess what? He wrote 66 love letters to you. Read the letters. Read the book. Amen? Whatever you find to do in this Bible, do it. Spend time in prayer. Whatever he speaks to you to do there, do it. Do whatever he tells you to do. Remember God's love language? What is it? Obedience. Yeah, obedience. Be obedient to whatever Jesus commands in his word. Whatever he tells you in prayer. It's why it's important that you have a daily devotion time. Look, guys, if the only time you're reading the word is when I tell you to open your Bible to a certain spot, that ain't enough. Okay? If the only time you're praying is when you're in a bind, that ain't enough. We've got to have a close relationship with Jesus. Amen? So we do what he tells us to do. Mary's life, like so many other people of faith, is characterized by obedience. Be obedient and be blessed by God. So the second lesson from Mary today is do whatever he tells you to do. And then finally, our third lesson today is stay close to Jesus, even to the very end. Stay close to Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew. Matthew chapter number 27. I'm going to read a few scriptures here. Jesus is coming to the end of his life, and, and he's about to be crucified. He's gone through a mock trial. He did no wrong, but he's being crucified. 
crucified by the religious leaders of the day. And we pick up reading in Matthew chapter number 27, verse number 33. And it says, And they were coming to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of the skull, verse 35. And they crucified him, parting his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the prophet. Down at verse 45. And from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard it, said, this man calls for Elijah. And straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him the drink. And the rest said, let it be. Let's see whether Elijah will come and save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was written to from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks shook. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after the resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. And when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Look at verse 55. And many women were there, beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children. And also Mary the mother of Jesus. How do you know that? Turn with me to John chapter number 19. John chapter number 19. Jesus is on the cross. We have this group of women that are around the cross, and we have this interaction right here in verse number 25 of John 19. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son, and said to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. You see, in Jesus' moment of crisis, in Jesus' moment of doing what he was called to do, he took care of his family. He took care of his mother. You see, in those times, it was the son's job to take care of their parents, to take care of their mother. Joseph had long since died, so Mary really relied on Jesus. Jesus was about to die, but in that moment, he took care of his mom. But here's the point, guys. His mom stayed close to him. His mom stayed as close to him as possible. Friends, we have got to stay just as close to Jesus. Amen? Mary, the mother of Jesus, was present right there at Calvary. Can you imagine how her heart was breaking? Can you imagine what she was enduring? Man, think about it sometimes. Man, doesn't it hurt when you see your kids go through tough stuff? Doesn't it hurt, Mom, when you see your when you see your kids fail, when you see your kids make bad decisions, when you see your kids go through stuff they shouldn't go through? Well, friends, Jesus was going through stuff he didn't deserve. Jesus was going through pain and heartache, and his mom was there the whole time. But she never left his side. She never quit on Jesus. She never left Jesus' side. And friends, that's a lesson for all of us today. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus to the very, very end. Friends, take note from Mary. Never quit on Jesus because he'll never quit on you. Amen? Don't quit on Jesus. He's been faithful to 
you even when you weren't faithful to Him. He loved you even when you didn't love Him. I am convinced that the only way for any of us as believers to lose out with God is to quit. It's to throw in the towel. It's to say, I'm done with this. Baby, and the only way for you to lose out with God is for you to throw up your hands and say, I quit. They ain't got no quit in you. And there's no quit in you, Nick. And there's no quit in you, Danielle. And there's no quit in many of you in here. Why? Because Jesus never quit on me. Man, I ain't going to quit on somebody who didn't quit on me. I'm going to go to the very end because Jesus went to the very end for me. But we learned that lesson from Mary. Mary was there to the very end. She was there to the very end of her son's life. And guys, I submit to you that Jesus will be there for you to the very end as well. Amen? He will not quit on you. He loves you too much. He cares about you too much. He has plans and purpose for you, purposes for your life, and he promises not to. As we wrap things up this morning, you'll give me just a moment longer. Guys, I just want to remind you today, as I close on this Mother's Day, I just want to remind you and take take a minute just to, to remind you again, what are some lessons from Mary? Trust God. Don't give up on God. Do whatever Jesus tells you to do, and then stay as close to Jesus as possible. That's a message to all mothers, but it's a message to all people, because these principles will work. As I close on this Mother's Day, let me take a moment to speak to those uh, here this morning who have not stayed very close to Jesus, who do not have a personal relationship with Him. The Bible tells us in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then verse 17 continues that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but he came so that through him the world might be saved.